Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Special. Hello. Derek. Yes, sir. It's two months left in the year. I know. It's, uh, we're, we're, it's like the weather's going to warm up in the next week, they say. It's going to be up to 20 degrees or something, but uh, I had to scrape frost off my windows the other morning. Yeah, <laughs> when we, were in, we were in Algonquin on the weekend oh, yeah, and it tried snow. snowing. Well, it tried. Yeah. 6.30 in the morning, I'm out there, and it's trying to snow, but it wasn't yeah. real. And Mark Rubino, he posted some a little bit of snow pictures from Algonquin Park over the weekend, too, but he was interior. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess a little bit farther north and on the west side, there was yeah. a bit more snow, but... I think Sudbury got hit. Like, I, I saw a couple people were talking about snow. You know, some people are from Northern Ontario. They're talking about their families, talking about, you know, a couple centimeters of snow and yeah. stuff. Yeah, So, it's upon us. Winter's coming. Yeah, I just can't believe Halloween was this week, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> you can almost hear jingle bells now. I know. After Remembrance Day, however. Yes. Yep. What else is there? There's Remembrance Day coming up, which Ameri- isn't a holiday, but so it should. So American Thanksgiving, when is that? Oh, yeah. American Thanksgiving's coming up. So the big Black Friday stuff is not really Black about Thanksgiving anymore. It's more about Black Friday now. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then, I guess Christmas and that is. Mm-hmm. So there's no real, there's no real shows, events. People are going to be kind of putting their yards and gear to bed and getting ready for the spring show openings and Toronto shows usually January and then you get into February, March, a bunch of other shows and down the States and Canucopia and, mm-hmm. you know, the, all kinds of stuff like that. So in no time at all, we'll be back out paddling know, in warm weather. I know. And we're going, wow, I can't believe it's it's summer already. <laughs> and I haven't planned all my trips yet. What? And then you're going to plan your trips and go, oh, my God, I can't believe it's yeah. December already. Yeah. <laughs> it's just do you ever feel like it's ever an, like an endless cycle yeah, of years? It does. It, so, But, you know, there's some memories. Like uh, some of my strongest memories that I have growing up is uh, <clears throat> those uh, first, first early days of September, or late days of September when uh, – Growing up in New Brunswick and, you know, the apples are ripe and you get in line up for the school bus in the morning and the puddles have a, just a thin sheen of ice over top of Oh, and you got to crack them. You have to crack them. Yeah. You got to. You got to. It's a given. So it's just one of those things. It's like that, those crisp, cool um, autumn mornings and the yeah. leaves turning. It's a, I love this time of year. It's a beautiful time of year. Except for that. I, I, let me ask you this question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you get out there in the morning at 630 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Notice there's frost on your window, so you grab your snow brush. Yep. And you scrape it across and it leaves those two tiny little lines. Oh, I know. It's like, how do you sharpen your, or do you just throw it and get a new one, your snow brush? Well, they don't usually last long enough to do that. I kind of rough on my uh, snow scrapers because I, I really hammer when they, I, we get a lot of freezing rain and stuff, right? But yeah, you could uh, you could take it on a, a like a file or a whetstone, if you use it to sharpen knives and stuff, I guess that would work. Yeah, it just would. Uh, I mean, the brush part, of it, like yeah. I've got this heavy duty extending mm-hmm. thingy, and like it's really good for heavy duty snow, and it yeah. lets me reach the top of my truck and everything. Yeah, I have one of those long extending um, ones. Well, I'm one of those guys that I will actually try to get as much snow off the tunnel cover off my pickup truck mm-hmm. as I can yeah. before I'm flying at 120 yeah, miles an always, hour down the yeah, highway. And, I clean my car off completely. Yeah. Why? Um, but the scraper never seems to work properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, may, I might take it to work one day and just <laughs> sitting at my desk at lunch and watch people walk by wondering what I'm doing, not wanting He's, to ask. <laughs> what's he sharpening? Hey, what are you doing sharpening your snow brush for? Bring your arm over here. You got hair on that arm? I want to see if this will cut it you off. You know what I recommend you do? You just boil the kettle and pour the kettle right over the windshield. Could do that. Trust me. It'll make that that crack that's now in my windshield that much longer. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! That uh, so I got that big chip, right? Yes, the new one. Yeah. So this weekend we went up north, mm-hmm. and Did it grow? it's no longer a chip. uh Oh, it's about a foot long no. crack. You should have got it fixed before it expanded. I was supposed to be going in this week to get it fixed. <laughs> they said, "Yeah, come back. Do your do hickey. Come and see us on when you get back." Mm-hmm. It's a brand new windshield. Is there like what? There's in less the spring. than there's less than a thousand kilometers on that window. Oh no, there's more than a thousand. Yeah. I put more than a thousand kilometers on in the summer. <laughs> oh, you went up to Superior, yeah. Went up there, yeah. You're in the range that's, of an oil change since then. 
Yeah, well, yeah. see, I was supposed to take it in and get the, the window done. Yeah. I was supposed to get in for my snow tires. I was supposed to get in for my oil change and my radio looked at, <laughs> which apparently, you know, doesn't work. Um, and I was supposed to do that all this week. Yeah. So, yeah, so I turned my truck on the other morning and <laughs> got this big crack. Oh. Now, it actually looks like an airplane, like a, a big circular crack. It's like yeah. the propeller, and it's got two wings sticking out. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> but it's following the exact same trajectory. As the old one? As the last windshield huh. I had. And I just got this one put in at the beginning of the summer. Yeah. So, like, I think it was June. So July, August, September. Was it your superior trip? You got the rock on it? Yep. Mm, three months. Sucks. Yeah. Three, three and a half months. That's what I get out of a windshield. <laughs> they might be able to fix that crack. I've seen I've seen the advertising online and stuff where they put some kind of liquid inside the crack and it seals the crack. But back is it the crack or I know, I've seen them <clears> do it with a chip. No, I've seen it with a crack too. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, they, it's like a really liquidy super glue that yeah. kind of oozes into the crack and makes the crack disappear. But, you know, it's usually a scan. I'm going to go in and see what their windshield uh, warranty is like. Oh, hey, maybe. Because, like, you know, it's been three and a half months. Yeah. Like, what's your warranty on windshields? Because mm-hmm. apparently the one you sold me is crap. <laughs> it attracts. It attracts it's, rocks. It attracts rocks. I got three, <laughs> two nicks. I don't know how you can get around and that. Chip. Like, the, you'd think that... Uh, don't like, drive? Yeah, I guess. Huh. But Put you know, a tarp you can, on the front? You know, you can get the, uh, the, the screens. <laughs> the screen covers, The yeah. screen cover for your phone. Yeah. The screen cover for your truck. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm annoyed. Yeah, I would be too. So, <laughs> like, you, you, the crack was there for, what, 10 years? I had the, no, not quite 10 years because the truck's just 10 years. But I, it's been at least eight years since that yeah. crack has been there. <laughs> and the year you get <laughs> the it The year first. I finally decided to get it fixed. What the? <laughs> Look at this nice, clean windshield. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be joking. That's so that's really my thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've told you my theory on trucks before. Uh-oh. Vehicles. At least one thing has to be broken on your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Same with your house. Yeah. One th- as long as one thing is broken, you're good. So cuz the minute you fix it, <laughs> something else breaks. So as long as it's something that you can deal with that's broken, but your window is don't cracked. Fix it. So why did your radio break? Well, because my window wasn't cracked when the radio went. <laughs> and then and the user is things. going, "Wow, well, yeah. screw you, pal." <laughs> Crack. <laughs> You were singing along to the radio and it broke the radio. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and cracked the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, anyway, uh, we went up to Lake of Two Rivers. Yeah, every time I see people. L-O-T-R. Every time I see it, it's like, oh, Lord of the Rings, where are you going? Lord of the Rings what? Yeah. <laughs> The in Algonquin Park, the usually Mew Lake is where they have everything. They open yeah. that campground. Well, I think it's open all it's all open all winter long for Mew, camping. Right? Yeah, Mew's open year round. Uh, but there's so many people there at Halloween, New Year's, and Family Day weekend. That there had to be overflow. That they started opening the Lake of Two <laughs> Rivers. Yeah, something. And yeah, you always see. Yeah, I'm at LOTR. <laughs> and that's the first thing everyone, Lord of the Lord Rings. Of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of, what are you talking about, Lord of the Rings? Oh, no, Lake of Two Rivers, L-O-T-R. <laughs> anyway, we spent three days there. Was there a lot of people there? Mew is packed. Mew is, yeah. was full. Uh, I would say, from what I saw, um, Lake of Two Rivers was probably three quarters full. Three quarters? But I would say, of that three quarters... Um, probably 75% to 80% were big trailers. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. People are just waltzing mm-hmm. with their trailers, with their yeah. fancy-dancy furnaces. I have and, heat. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, the whole meal deal. And yeah. So they can just get it. It's families, too, and a lot of yep. just younger families. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to listen to the kids whining and complaining. <laughs> it's cold in this tent. Yeah, in exactly. December. <laughs> <laughs> the floor's melting. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, we went up there and uh, we went over and w- did a little walk around Mew. Okay. Um, a lot of decorations. A lot of decorations this year. Uh, some Star Wars stuff. We saw two stormtroopers, a Mandalorian. Wow. We saw a couple people. 
You know those ones where it's like an inflatable dinosaur, but it looks like you're riding it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So your yeah. feet go through and yeah. it looks like the dinosaur's feet. Yeah. Okay, And then you're those. on top and there's the fake yeah. legs going down. Neat. So it looks like there we saw a couple of those. and There was uh, clowns and snowmen and a whole bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. But the kids would come around and they'd do the trick-or-treating and whatnot. Were you decorated? So we were decorated, yeah. some. Um, Tracy and Ariana, because Ariana came for the first time. Nice. She, right she decided she was going to join us and... She, they did a bunch of, uh, like, there was a skeleton. There was this giant balloon spider. Oh, the yeah. thing's massive. I got it in our, our storage room there. It takes up, like, Oh, I a saw a picture. Chunk. Yeah, Tracy on, on the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, on our car. Uh, Athena, we got her a Snoopy costume. <laughs> she wasn't too impressed with it. No, I don't imagine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we did a little bit of decorating. and So we did our walk around. The kids come around trick-or-treating, and we sat there, and we had our... A fire, sat there and relaxed and stuff like that. A big nice. fire outside. And, um, How was the wood? Oh, we get it from the guy behind oh, the pharmacy. Okay, the dry stuff, yeah. So it was, well, it was, usually it's pretty dry, but we noticed last um, um, family day, it wasn't as dry as it usually is. He's selling there too was, much, he can't keep up. Yeah, there was some sizzling. And then again, but it's, it's not nearly as bad as <laughs> parkwood. Yeah. Uh, this stuff does catch. And, you know, so you, in the stove, you put a couple of pieces in the stove. Yeah. And, they ca- and they're burning. So you put a third one on top. And by the time the ones on the bottom are done, this one's burning. Yeah. And so you, you, you rotate like that. Ro- yeah. yeah. But we didn't need to keep the tent. I mean, Friday, we went out Friday and it was like 15, 16 degrees Celsius. And then they said it was supposed to get really cold Saturday night and it didn't really get Mm -hmm. all that cold. Um, It was hovering around zero first thing in the morning. Like I say, it was trying to So you just need a sleeping bag, that's it. Yeah, so we had our heavy-duty sleeping bags. and Mm -hmm. We, uh, well, Friday night it poured. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So we put, we get a bit hotter in there just to take the dampness out of the air and warm the inside, like dry the inside of the tent. Um, when it dries the outside of the tent as well, when it <laughs> yes, starts, yes, you know, of course, but, uh, yeah, so, but we really didn't need the, the stove that much mm-hmm. and it was nice to be able to sit outside. Um, and this gives our winter camping gear a good checkout before, exactly, you yeah. know, all the snow starts. When it doesn't matter as much because yeah. it's not minus 33. Right. Uh, we hiked Spruce, Spruce Boardwalk Trail and we like it because there's all the small birds that oh, comes yeah, up and around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't see or hear a so single bird. Because of the rain, maybe? or This was Sunday afternoon before. We always do the, usually do it uh, before we leave on Sunday, mm-hmm. right? So about noonish or so, 11 noon. Which one's that one? Is that the one at Mew? No, no, that's Provoking Falls. Okay. Uh, we also did that one. I took a couple of pictures I got to put up. I did some black and white stuff there. Okay. Um, no, this one's farther up past the visitor center towards oh, okay. the logging museum. Ah. Uh. So it's, okay. it's down, the, but that's the one that you can, it's all flat. You can take a, a wheelchair and oh, whatnot across. Yeah. yeah, and there's one of those. Fully accessible. Pingus or what, not pingu. It's uh, it's the little, you know, the. The, the little animals? No, the, the, the pool in the ground where it slowly shrinks and turns into just a moss bed. That's on, I believe that's on that trail. There's the bogs, yeah. Yeah, three quarters of the way through, there's a sign that shows how it grows and shrinks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we did that one, but there was no birds Hmm. at all. Yeah. And that's why we do it, because we like to see the last little bit of the birds and stuff like that. So, Uh, yeah, we did our regular walk with uh, Provoking Falls at Mew and did some pics and stuff there and uh, met up with a whole bunch of people we know and, you know, just chit chat and relax and right on so it's nice like a good weekend yeah except for the lack of birds except for the lack of birds and the rain uh you went shopping i did so and we talked about this last time <clears throat> where uh so eureka is is going to get out of the camping gear business yep. but they've sold their patterns and somebody else is going to make their stuff under a new brand and I was thinking you know what like I've I've only ever really I had one non Eureka canoe pack and I never liked it I never had a seal line and uh, so I, I went shopping and I found a 75 liter Eureka pack and then so I told you about that 
But then today at work, I found, I remember, uh, I remember, remember I got my, uh, Nemo bug tent mm-hmm. from out west in Calgary. So I went to them and it's like, ah, oh, somebody else has got to have these packs. And, uh, so they didn't have it. They didn't have any Nemo bug tents left either. But then I found a place, I think they're downtown Toronto. They had a 115 liter, uh, Eureka canoe pack. So, I bought that as well. So now I have a couple packs that'll last me a couple more years. And, and eventually, maybe five or ten, five years, I go through packs pretty quick. But to maybe five or ten years, I'll have to switch over to Sea Line or something. And see, my Sea Line pack is at least 15 years old. Oh, yeah? It's got one small hole in it, which I've packed with, patched with um, duct tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm too lazy to do an actual patch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do yeah. that next year. I'll do yeah. that over the winter. Yeah, I'll do that next year. I'll do that over the winter. <laughs> 15 years yeah, later. Yeah, that's one. That's the drawback with Eureka packs is I do like them. I like that they're flexible and stuff, but the canvas is kind of thin. It doesn't have as much rubbery coating as it should mm-hmm. so that the main body of the pack tends to get perforated just from, you know, you get sand in the canoe and the pack rubs around on the sand, so it just wears away. And, and so when you look inside my pack on a sunny day, I can see all these little tiny pinholes where all the water can come through yeah no i will if i were to go out and buy another pack right now it would be another sea line yeah yeah as much as i like the ostrom packs and stuff mm-hmm. having to put that liner on the inside yeah it ah, it's awkward guess, just ew. pack and you hard to find stuff because it kind of it's all baggy and loose and when trace and i go on our trips she she's got one of the ostrom packs uh, i think it's the quetico model and we bought the, because it's not waterproof, so we bought the liner for it so you can put stuff in it and yeah. it's going to stay dry. And so I put that, I start, I pack that before we go. What a nightmare. <laughs> Absolute nightmare. What a pain in the butt. Yeah. You know? Um, but, I mean, it does a good job and it fits her yeah. and, and, and whatnot. So, but yeah, if I were to go out and buy another pack right now, if they incorporated... Um, a liner, like a fixed liner inside the Ostrom pack yeah. that you didn't have to fuss with. Yeah. I, I'd, right? get, I'd get an Ostrom, mm-hmm. but they don't. So I would go and grab myself another 115 liter sea yeah. line like the one I've been using the fat past 15 years. I think it's over underneath all those sleeping yeah. bagging stuff. Yeah. Again, you come, every time you come here, there's piles of Gear, gear everywhere. Either, right? either going camping or coming back yeah. and camping. <laughs> it gets to the point where why do we even bother putting it away? I'm just taking it out in a couple of days or a week or yeah. whatever, right? Exactly. So, anyway, uh, yeah, you know, it was a nice uh, to get new gear, and now you've got some new gear. So now, yeah, now I have a couple uh, Eureka packs. I I had considered, you know what, the kids are getting older, they're going to start carrying bigger packs, and the 75 liter would be great for Stella right now, because it is bigger, and she's carrying more weight, but I didn't want to buy a bunch of packs, it's yeah. like, I'm going to, I'll just slowly switch over as needed to see a line, I guess, right? So, slowly. but at least I have a 75 liter and a 115 liter new Eureka packs, either, both places only had the orangish yellow ones, so... Yeah. So that's a bit more brighter colored. But I mean, even still, like with a 75 liter or 115 liter... Just because they're that big doesn't mean you have to absolutely fill them. No, but so I if tend your kids to, are using them, I, I I have a set amount of gear that does fit in. Yeah, right. I have all the loose gear that goes into a MEC bag in the bottom, and then you know the camp chairs and the sleeping bags, and you know the food pack. And every, once I get everything in, I, the last few things is like you know the, the sandals or Crocs and stuff, and it seals shut. And like it's it's a perfect yeah. fill and. And that, uh, that seems to be how we, like, when we take two packs, mm-hmm. one pack's got, like, the sleeping stuff, yeah. pads and whatnot, um, and the tent, and so you, you open that one up yeah. to set up camp, yeah. and the other one's got, like, your kitchen stuff and your your saw, your exactly. ha- hatchet yeah. and all that sort of stuff, right? So it, one goes one way, yeah. one goes the other way. I tend not to like, I tend not to... Uh, I don't like mixing anything that's going to be coming in contact with food with my sleeping stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't put kitchen stuff in with the pack that's going to have uh, like sleeping bags, sleeping bags, yeah. and, and the tent and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's that's all stuff that goes in the guaranteed dry bag. Yeah. And then other stuff like the kitchen and the stoves and the food and stuff would go into a separate one, right? I just I don't like mixing them together. 
Yeah, that's a, a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of gear. Oh, <laughs> did you sw- swap so, it So, I bought Tracy a uh, Thermarest Uber Air. Uber Air? Yeah. It's a really small sleep pad. Yeah. Fluffs up to about three inches thick. and Which whatnot. is nice for side sleepers. Perfect, right? Yeah. While it stayed inflated, it was an <laughs> awesome sleep on it. Yeah. But it wouldn't stay inflated. Mm-hmm. So we took it back. I had bought one of these Nemo um, Tensor. Okay. Um, tensor sleep pads. I used it and it worked. So I traded that and got... So the the Uber Air was three hundred fifty bucks. So a lot of money for sleeping pad, right? I returned it, and for a hundred dollars less, I got her one of these tensor. Okay, like a Nemo tensor, and I I know you like Nemo. I, I've I've not yep. said the the name of it before, but so I I traded that in. So I have a store credit for a hundred bucks, <laughs> and I picked up one of these Nemos because they were a hundred bucks cheaper. Yeah. We used it about five days and the same thing. It wouldn't stay mm-hmm. inflated. And I'm looking for holes in it, doing the water thing. And yeah. it's the baffles at the top because it's got this double, like, you can open it up, all the air comes yeah. out, or you put half of it in and then you blow it up with the bag yeah, yeah, and yeah. then put the top on and no, no air is supposed to come, but it comes out. So I bought the, the Uber Air at um, sale, okay, sale equipment there, and they took it back. Exchange it for this tensor, or the, yeah, the tensor. No problems. So I took it, this new one in. I said, I, I'm feeling like I'm scamming you here because exact same problem. Different company, different sleeping pad, yeah. exact same problem. But you go online, and I'm not the only one that's had a problem oh, with these. Oh, okay. So <laughs> she said, okay, well, I said, you know what? I'm going to just give me a store credit. Um, cause I good. I got to buy something. Right. So my tensor seems to work fine. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be Tracy's now. Yeah. I'm going back to my old Thermarest, which I've been using for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I got a new one for me is cause, Oh, I want something thicker. Yeah. Uh, forget it. I'm just going back to my Thermarest yeah. cause I know it works. Yeah. It's got one of the old style, um, metal valves on valve it. Thing, right. Twisty. Yeah. And so I, so I ended up with, uh, we needed a new hot okay for the hot tent because ariana was coming up so like 180 bucks <laughs> so i've gone from 350 to 250 to 180 <laughs> that's a christmas gift that's just kept on giving and giving and giving you keep giving me the same thing every year no it's a new one every year <laughs> so i figure if this cot didn't work i'm going to change it into something different eventually i'm walking out of there with pencil crayons and 300 dollars and 25 dollars credit <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? Big kudos. It is kudos, disappointing, sir. though. It is that disappointing. It so much. Uh, but Sale took it back. No problems. Good for them. Good for them. And that's why I shop yeah. at Sale is mm-hmm. customer service like that. Yeah. You know? Like I said, I walked in and I'm going, if you, if, if you look at my head, the last yeah. one I returned was for the same reason, like a month ago. Mm-hmm. We, we went a couple of nights on this thing and you can blow it up right now. And I will go over, get the cot I want. I will come back and it will be half deflated. <laughs> I said, blow it up right now if you don't believe me. And um, I mean, they didn't. But it's yeah. like, <sighs> then yeah. I met people in the store that I knew and we talked for another hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I had things to do, but you know. Uh, yeah. So Ariana had a nice, because we have those disco beds. Yeah. That we can set up uh, it could be a couch, a bunk, bed. A couch, two beds, like a bunk beds. Mm-hmm. And you can flip the top one down and make it a new couch during the day yeah. in, your, in your hot tent. But we just bought this new one that just folds straight out, like oh, a accordion okay. yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. Area I found quite comfortable. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Right so I think if I go solo, I'm just taking that It's one. a perfect bed. Yeah. How light is it? Not. Oh, it's not. <laughs> so it's not a backcountry cot. Oh, it's not a backcountry cot. <laughs> Heck no. Heck no. Um, but speaking of gear, uh-huh. uh, Gear Junkie was talking about Mech is having a giveaway, Mountain Equipment yeah. Company, 
and I got to stop saying co-op. I still say it to this day because I I was a uh, when they were still a co-op. They're not a co-op anymore. No, 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 not since that whole selling it a few years back. Oh, I didn't know. They that. are a mountain equipment company, right? Oh, uh, yeah, because it used to be co-op, and I've been a member of the co-op since early nineties. <coughs> yeah, me too. The early nineties. Yeah. yeah. I still have my card. You got to show your card, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're having a giveaway. Two lucky winners will re- receive. A, how do you think that's spelled? Coolar? Coolar. Coolar? Yeah. C O U L O I R. Gore Tex insulated jacket. $548 US or about 700 bucks Canadian. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever owned that's something a, close to. No. That, that's, in the range of like a, that's in the range of like a, a, a mountain bike or a car. <coughs> a car. <coughs> <coughs> it's like, wow, that's You're a lot. You're just choking on that price, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, it, it shocked me when I saw that price. It's like, what? And then I went to MEC and, and I looked at their jacket because I want hell. I want to see this. It's like, oh, that's the American price. <laughs> in right. Canadian, it's six ninety nine. Yeah. Um but yeah, from Canadian retailer Mountain Equipment Company. Mm-hmm. It's built to keep you dry and warm while skiing, snowboarding, mountaineering, even camping is good. Hiking, yeah. you know. Uh, I wouldn't say paddling because that type of season, you yeah. better be wearing something other than a jacket. I'm curious what the insulation is because it, in the pictures online, it looked very thin. Mm-hmm. Made for Alpine Adventure, the waterproof, windproof couloir jacket is built with a two-layer Gore-Tex membrane and a Gore-Tex C-knit lining known for its breathability. Inside the Primaloft gold synthetic insulation is body mapped to provide greater warmth and cold spo- in cold sports. Mm, spots. Spots. Sports. Spots. Yeah. Spots and sports. <laughs> the men's and women's Gore-Tex insulated jackets have fully taped seams, two-way pit zips, pack-friendly front zippered pockets, and a built-in Rico rescue system reflector. Uh, seven denier recycled nylon outer shell to protect you from the elements and hold up to the crinkles and scrapes you'd expect from normal use. No. <laughs> really? No. Additionally, the jacket comes with an adjustable helmet-friendly hood, contoured uh, cuffs to fit gloves underneath, and a draw cord hem. Those are good. Mm-hmm. Because you put your gloves on, you pull the yeah. sleeves over the top of the glove, and then <laughs> tighten them. Uh, the helmet-friendly hood if you're snowboarding or skiing, something yep. like that. Mexico or mountaineering. Or mountaineering. Mexico's goal is to manufacture outdoor gear that will last for hundreds of adventures. Uh, that ethos is a reflection of the brand's emphasis on durability and reducing its impact on the environment. And your reason you wanted to talk about this is the fact that Mech it's, is now being referred to as a brand. Yes, Whereas so that that really just I I saw this on Gear Junkie mm-hmm. and so MEC is obviously doing a little bit of advertising by giving away a couple Gear Junkies going to have a hold contest they're going to give away to these jackets very high end jackets and it's just the way they talked about it I thought I wasn't I'm used to see, because I know MEC has designed and manufactured their own outdoor gear for decades but I've never heard of them referred to. Uh, the, the, they're talked about in this article through Gear Junkie like their North Face or, or Columbia or Arcteryx yeah. or, or whatever. So they, it just sounded really highbrow. It's like, wow, they're, they're really making a spot for themselves, mm-hmm. right? And They're not the old mech. No, they're not the old mech of, yeah, of days gone by. They, they have a different idea of going about it. They still need to be profitable, but they're mm-hmm. not about giving stuff away, right? Although right. later in the article, it sounds different. Yeah, uh, originally established as a co-op in 1971, Mech is a Canadian retailer with its own in-house brand, Mech Label, which it sells directly to consumers. Mech Label team develops and designs out of Vancouver, British Columbia, with the nearby North Shore Mountains as its proving ground. Yeah, like uh, every time I went to the States, you didn't see anything Mech. No, no. Right? If If you saw it. You knew a they Canadian. were from <laughs> they, from Canada, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> and you could point, oh, you're where are you from, Toronto or <laughs> Vancouver? Vancouver? Or, well, well, yeah. <laughs> um, and on the heels of this, Peter 
Helinski has been named the new CEO. Yes, just a couple days ago. Uh, He joined the Vancouver-based outdoor company in 2020, serving as its chief financial officer and chief operating officer. He succeeds uh, Eric Klaus, who led the retailer in the wake of its filing for creditor protection and being sold to the U.S.-based private investment firm Kingswood Capital Management. The moves effectively dissolved the member-owned cooperative structure uh, companies used since it was founded in 71. Um, uh, Helinski became a member in 95, turning to Mech for equipment when ski to ski touring in Canada, hiking the Andes, rafting the Amazon river, surfing in California and hiking through desolation sound in the Gulf islands. Even greater challenges lie ahead for Helinski. Mech's last few years have been marked by the company working to resolve its debt with inventory problems, tackle steep, steep online competition, and recover from the COVID-19 pandemic, which saw stores temporarily closed. company has put its focus squarely on appeasing customers, but also overhauling its information technology systems and supply chain. Part of that work, the retailer is moving to a larger distribution center in Western Canada and collaborating with vendors to lower prices by ordering twice as much product. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Ma- if you mass produce, mass sales, you know, bulk buy, then it does end up being a discount yeah. in the end. And he says biggest benefits wind up with shoppers. Now, see, there's two... Max close to us. There's one downtown Toronto and on King Street, and there's one up on Leslie. Oh, North York, right? And it's just just north of the four hundred one. There's one. There's one in Barry and one in yeah. Barry. So, but the, these two, I used to. One's not far from. Well, it's maybe a twenty five minute drive from my work. Mm-hmm. The other's downtown. Yeah, I don't like going to either. Because I don't want to drive downtown. And the one up trying to find parking and stuff like that. If I have my roof racks on my truck, I can't park in the underground parking. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If I don't have my roof racks on my truck, I am very close to those water pipes that hang down. And I'll hear my my radio antenna. Oh, Yeah. So it's it's that low. It's pretty tight. It is pretty tight down there. Yeah. Uh, So, and I was looking at the pricing. And I've got sale just down the road from me. Yep. Closer, easier to get to, massive amount of parking. There's Walmart next door. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I was looking at things and they were the exact same price. Oh, yeah. Comparable. Right? So why am I going downtown paying $24 to park? Yeah. Plus you got so to get that there. I, and get there. All the gas, the hassle, the, mm-hmm. you know. You're going all the way downtown, all that hassle, $24 to park, or I can just go up the road 20 minutes on the 401, pull in, jump in, get what I get to, and be home within an hour. Yeah. Right? I'm not getting downtown. No. And back in an hour, that's for sure. (laughs) And yeah, so I'm looking at one thing, and it it was like 50 bucks. I checked it out at sale. It was 50 bucks. It was the exact same item, exact same company. Hmm. So that's why I started shopping shopping at sale. Yeah. If there's weird, like, and they don't carry rock climbing gear and all, so stuff like that, you got to go to Mac. Or yeah. Something, right. Yeah. But for everyday ordinary, sea line bags or or a, you know a life jacket or something like that or a tent or yeah. sleeping pad, they're carrying the exact same things. They, right? Yeah, and so I do find that uh, depending on what you want to do, there's. I couldn't find canoe pack. Like the last few times I was at sale, I couldn't find canoe packs, couldn't find water shoes. I said, do you have water shoes? Uh, you mean like the beach ones? It's like, no, I mean like proper backcountry canoeing, portaging mm-hmm. water shoes. Oh no, we don't carry that. Oh. no, oh, they do. They said they that's where That's where we got ours from. Really? Yeah. I got my Solomon Tech Amphibian 3s from there. Huh. Trace and Ariana both got a pair of uh, water shoes from there. The shoe person didn't know that. Ah, uh, shoe person should be fired. The shoe person sent me over to the kayak section. I went to the kayak section. They says, no, we don't carry that. And they showed me no, the they're little- over the shoe section. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Total other side of the store. 
So, anyways, I do need. I I, I mention it because well, you saw my shoes in, yeah. in June. Well, I got to get a new pair. I too. desperately yeah. need a new pair. Mine have got many kilometers on them. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the guy is trying to get. Uh, so I they're in the lunch room going. So I told him to go to the kayak site, and he went. Yeah, to do his turn around. Yeah. They were behind him. <laughs> I told him we didn't. Well, that's sell disappointing. Them. Now I have to go back again and look. Yeah, and punch him. Yes. <laughs> so I, was, I was trying to figure out. I, I desperately need a new pair. Yeah, like these ones on, on the trip I went with a family in Algonquin. It like I I had to duct tape them back together to finish the trip. Like the sole was coming off. That's it. I've lost soles on shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to what we were saying. There's like everything was the same, but now they're saying. By buying more, they can lower the prices and yep. stuff. And buying in bulk. He says, if you go to our store right now, you can find a climbing shoe for under 100 bucks, which you haven't seen prices like that for 10 years. You have a $45 fleece that used to be 150 bucks. That's the kind of thing we're finding right now. For shoppers, it comes at optimal timing. Inflation remains high and layoffs have rocked several industries, eating into consumer spending. Yeah, there's a lot of spending. Well, if you can make it worth my while mm-hmm. to either go up to the North York store or yep. head downtown, maybe they should put That's a gotta be worth bar it. in there or something. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the stores are nice. They are. You yeah. know, and you can, yeah. you can, it, it's like Costco. Mm-hmm. If you walk in there, they got a lot of high priced, like that, the Hallie Hansen stuff yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and whatnot. You could walk out there with a big visa bill. That's the risk, eh? Like, yeah. there's, there's. I need a, I need a proper rain jacket. I need a proper pair of water shoes. I bought a rain jacket. I can't remember the brand. I probably even shouldn't say the brand, but it, it is not what. Like, <laughs> we, I was with Mike and we got caught in a downpour, and uh, so it rained for hours, and we were paddling, mm-hmm. and uh, that rain jacket did not hold out the water. Yeah, uh, we went to Mech. I can't remember what brand, but we went to Mech and got our rain gear a couple of years yeah. back. So, figured, yeah, there are certain things you want to spend the money on mm-hmm. to get that extra. Well, I, you know, my my rain jacket, the one that I just bought, was two hundred and fifty bucks, and it didn't keep the water out. No, wow, <laughs> I know. You might as well like, just what? glued that two hundred and fifty bucks to you. I know, right? <laughs> Make it a jacket. It's like I was very disappointed. Uh wow. Well, we'll have to follow along, see what happens with the uh, Mountain Equipment Company, and. Uh, Hopefully it works out. Yeah. It's weird to hear in Mountain Equipment Company. Yeah. Because I'm used to saying Mountain Equipment Company. There's days where I still say co-op. <laughs> so, um, pumpkins. Remember we were talking about uh, paddling the pumpkins? The uh, guy pumpkins. from Missouri, 61 kilometers, whatever that is in Oh, miles, yeah, 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 yeah. Like 50 miles or something. I like saw that. an article today 40. about some guy in Toronto. He paddled 24 kilometers or 21 kilometers in a pumpkin. That was the guy we were talking about last week. Is it? Yeah. But this guy from Missouri broke the record. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so a Minnesota farmer, because we ask questions, mm-hmm. like, how big do these get and what does it yeah, take yeah, to, to yeah. do them, right? A Minnesota farmer's 2,749-pound pumpkin. Which is huge. Took the top spot at the 50th annual World Championship Pumpkin Way Off in Half Moon Bay, California. Broke the world record in the process. Farmer claimed his third victory in the competition with a pumpkin he named Michael Jackson. Apparently, people name their big pumpkins. Yeah, I didn't These know These giant that. pumpkins, they name them. Yeah. He previously won in 2022 with a 2,560-pound pumpkin named Maverick. And in 2020, with a 2,350-pound gourd named Tiger King. <laughs> Guess what was out in 2020? On TV that everybody was watching. Tiger King. <laughs> Tiger King. This is the part, this is the only reason I'm talking about this. Because we said, I wonder what it takes to grow. We should grow a giant, couple of giant pumpkins. <laughs> and we'll cut them out and we'll paddle. Just yep, to show yep. it can be done. Feeding and caring for Michael Jordan cost him about... $15,000 since being planted on April 10th. That's incredible, eh? He says his $30,000 prize for winning the way off will go towards growing his next pumpkin. I presume this said Minnesota farmer is not married. Because <laughs> 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 I'm sure his wife would you have a, what? a few what? things to say about this. 
15 grand I'm, I'm really curious. to grow a giant pumpkin? I'd like to see the breakdown. Because, like, well, we, and I think we talked about this before, was uh, a guy Specialized worked, fertilizers. It's got to be. But just the seed itself. It, when you're buying high quality, like when you buy a, a seed that comes from a giant pumpkin, mm-hmm. it's got the right genetics, right? And so, like you're paying a lot of money for the seed itself. So you might buy five seeds at a hundred bucks a pop, or hundred and fifty bucks a pop, or whatever, and uh, it adds up. And then, but geez, fifteen thousand dollars! Like, what kind of fertilizer is he using? Right? And how much of it? Like, Par- apparently, a lot. A whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> like I just don't get it. No, fifteen grand. I got better things. Oh yeah. That thirty thousand dollar prize winnings. Yeah, that's like a brand new canoe. A brand new kayak, like good top yeah, of the yeah, line yeah. kayak, yeah. and a trip to Greenland to paddle that new kayak, and a yeah. trip to the Yukon yeah. to paddle that new canoe. Now think about for this: thirty grand. So this dude spent fifteen thousand dollars. He ended up with a prize-winning pumpkin. But then there's like thousands of other dudes. Who, who spent fifteen thousand dollars and didn't did win. not win does does not have a twenty seven hundred pound pumpkin, and so they spent the money, spent the time. Maybe they had a failure because you know if you, uh, I learned a lot from it from a buddy at work when he was growing pumpkins, and uh, and he said that like if you water too fast late in season, they grow too fast and they'll split and pop mm-hmm. open, and then they'll just rot right on the vine. And so he said, you, you have to time everything. You got to give it just the right amount of sunlight. And, and like, he'll, he has a, sh- a movable shade that he can put over the pumpkin on really hot, sunshiny days. And, and it's, so he says, it's the leaves that want the sun. The pumpkin doesn't want the sunlight. Not as much. Dude needs to get himself a dog. <laughs> he's, no, <laughs> dog he's, in a different hobby. <laughs> he's retired. He's got a dog. He's got a wife. He's, but he's, uh, he does spend a lot of time and effort on his pumpkin. <laughs> and he trims early like he'll like have uh 10 suckers come off and it's like he'll trim them off and keep the 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 best two or three and and then after a couple of weeks he'll pluck another one off and and then it's just like i don't know that's a lot of effort a lot of time for a pumpkin for a pumpkin yeah. exactly and the one this guy won in michigan no wisconsin he uh it was so big and so heavy it sort of flattened itself yeah. So you couldn't even cut it open and use it as a boat and race it down a river or something. No. And that's the only reason I would grow a giant pumpkin. <laughs> because I want to climb inside I want to climb inside. <laughs> I want to wear it like a pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> so just to totally get off topic here, but yeah. sort of not, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter sent me this little video of this, this uh, girl that made this Halloween costume. Remember the old, the people are so poor, they're wearing the barrels? Yeah. Right? She made that into a costume. A pumpkin? No. She, out of foam, but she made this barrel. Oh, okay. So, but where, you know, you you see there's a a knot hole in the barrel sort of thing. She put a wine, uh, you know, the inside inside of a wine box? Yep. The the bladder? Yeah. She put that on the inside of her barrel. And she has the tap on the outside. And the tap on the outside so people can walk up, press the tap, and get wine. (laughs) I'm thinking, that's me next year with beer. I'm getting a bladder filled with beer. Walk around keg. But I'm going to have the, the... the the spout yeah. right out the front. <laughs> <laughs> Have a drink. Hey, you want some beer, buddy? No, I'm good. <laughs> oh, so winter's coming. Winter is coming. Uh, what are you doing with your boats? <laughs> They're already in the garage. <laughs> Storage. So I, I did move them. I so two of the boats I moved into mother-in-law's basement, and uh, and I've got to. Well, I'm going on a trip soon, so that one's still mm-hmm. in the backyard. So I need to, uh, I need, I need to, after this trip, oh, I keep forgetting to look into it. I got to contact Johnny's Boat Shop or something and say, hey, I need to drop off my canoe. Yeah, I got to get my uh, Osprey into Swift. Yeah. I'm my, see, I've yeah. got so many patches yeah. I need on mine. I just Heel got leaks, one. There's a hole in the side. The, I got one at the front. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm I'm thinking about having them take the cherry 
gunnels and stuff off the trail oh. and just put uh, like aluminum or oh, something. Yeah? yeah, or carbon fiber or something. You don't like the wood? I don't like the it, You know what? It doesn't matter what you do. It's, it's a lot of work to keep it going. Yes. And um, one good knock at the front on the rocks at Tamagami and you got mm-hmm. a great big chunk missing yeah. out of it and it starts to look like garbage. So I've had, my, my canoe has aluminum gunnels and I don't care. I just... Oh, a prospector you, does. You yeah. bang them around, it doesn't matter. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Because it, it's just knock some of the some of the black paint off, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. 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 So you got one out to go on a trip. Yeah. The rest of them you got... Put away. Put away already. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, Mine always stay in the garage. The the my the paint on my uh, 1951 Peter Rowe canoe, paint's starting to peel off it, so... It's like it looks like it's starting to become a pro. My wife thinks I should sell it, but uh, I think you should just give it to me. <laughs> it, so it needs can, it needs so it work. could just sit in my garage for yeah. ten years. <laughs> <laughs> so just by looking at it, like it was made in Peter Rowe, nineteen fifty one, and I think the factory must have been coming to a closure at the time or something because uh, there didn't seem to be a lot of detailed care in building that canoe. There's a few little quirks. Mm-hmm. That it, like it, all the ribs, so it's it's a it's a cedar, uh, canvas covered cedar canoe, cedar stripper type thing, right? And uh, and all the ribs inside, so there's a rib every two inches, right? And some of them have square angles, some of them have rounded edges, and it's like, were you guys like using all your leftover ribs on putting the last few canoes together? Like, or what, what is it? was there a lot of damage and somebody refurbished or it? Or somebody had refinished it along the way, and or it was bring your kid to work day that day, <laughs> or maybe, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, so on the outside, I can see the canvas because the paint's peeling off, and on the inside, it's uh, it's still in really good shape. But I'm gonna, it, I think it's going to become a winter project uh, when I get my garage all finally set up. Either that or give it to Mikey and tell him to do it. <laughs> Here you go, Mike. Yeah, let me know what the price is. Yeah, and I'll buy some beer. Yeah. <laughs> Gives you something to do. I, I've seen people who have <laughs> redone or had their canoes redone, and it's like two grand. And mm-hmm. that was like five, six years ago when I priced it out. They say, yeah, drop cheap. it off. It'll be $2,000, they said. Guaranteed yep. minimum price is going to be $2,000. It's like, yep. Rrr. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it's a, a big project you want to do in your garage. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because it's not like it's it's not like exactly a classic. It's really neat that it was built in Peterborough. It's really neat. It's a local boat that's you know built mm-hmm. locally. But and it's nineteen fifty one. You look at the whole number. I looked it up, and it says you know what factory it came from and and uh, the date and like the month and whatever year it was yeah. built. And so that's kind of neat that you can trace it back that way just by the whole whole number on on the nose on the, on the bow. But yeah, it's uh, I got a yeah, it's a winter project. So I used to store my boats outside with a tarp over them, mm-hmm. and then I got out of that habit. I just stored yeah, them. Well, they're stored inside. Too much the humidity. Yeah. The squirrels want the to build sun. nest in it. Mm-hmm. We had uh, robins build a nest because I was storing it upside down. Yeah. So on the underside it's underneath of the one of my seats, <laughs> there was a robin nest one yeah. spring. Yeah. And I only found that out when I went in to get it to go on a canoe oh. trip. And I'm like, oh, now what do I do? Now I have to wait? Now I got to wait until the babies the, oh, fly man. away? And here it is, October, and they won't leave the nest. Uh, getting ready for winter with your boats, your kayaks, your canoes, try to store inside if you can. This will allow you to control the environment in which you keep your kayak and canoe. Uh, outdoors, it will be subject to the elements, yep. the wind, the rain, the snows, humidity, UV light from the sun. If you have to store it outside, be sure to cover it up with a tarp for UV protection. Sun can, in fact, be a great deal more harmful than the cold. If you store it outside, do not allow snow to pile on it or trees to fall on it. Yes. Yeah, because, you know, as one does. Warm storage is better than cold storage. The plastic may become brittle in the cold if you're kayaking there. While it is not the end of the world to store your kayak or canoe outside, it is nevertheless something to consider. Like I say, I used to, my older ones, I used to store outside, but then now everything's just stored inside. It's better for them. Yeah. Well, and and again, with the with the wood trim on your canoes. Yeah. It gets wet and, yeah. and it starts growing moss and yeah. gets, starts, you know. Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, rotting itself and you're, mm-hmm. uh, then it just becomes a, a big hassle. When you're storing it, make sure all cracks are filled 
if you end up throwing it outside especially. Uh, water freezing inside any cracks can do considerable damage because as water freezes, it expands. It expands yep. Keep it elevated to keep animals out. To an animal looking for shelter, a kayak or canoe will look wonderful. Sharp claws and acidic urine can do serious damage if they get the chance. Plastic kayaks should be stored on their sides. Composite kayaks should be stored on their sides or upside down. Canoes should be stored upside down. Make sure you have the proper equipment to hang it, whether it rests on its side or hangs from the ceiling. I've never been a big fan of hanging it from the ceiling. I'm always waiting for those ropes to snap. When oh, I know. Yeah, there, yeah. Right? Uh, whether it rests on the side or hangs from the ceiling, make sure your racks are secure and appropriate for your specific boat. If you are storing it outdoors and do not have a rack from which to hang your kayak or canoe, use a or build a pair of sawhorses, which I've always used those. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, in place of a top support, use webbing upon which to rest your canoe or kayak. Yeah. Right? I've seen a lot of people. Yeah. Alan Drummond, Kingdom Outdoor. He sells the the racks that have the webbing on it. Yeah, I built one. I it's uh, you can. I have these pins that you put the gunnels into it to dump, put it on the rack upside down. But I've also got a like a canvas strap that you can just flip it bottom uh, opening up, and it sits in that canvas strap. I built two of those things, and that's where you store your life jackets, battles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, barring this, use two universal foam kayak blocks, space them six to eight feet apart, and lean the kayak on it, its side against the wall. I've seen people uh, store canoes that way. Never store it right on the ground, but they'll put it on blocks or something, yeah. leaning against the side of your garage or mm-hmm. the side of the house, that yeah. sort of thing. If you have a kayak or canoe with wood trim, loosen screws in the gunnels. This can prevent unwanted cracks from occurring during the winter. I've never heard no, of that. I've never, never done heard that. that either. Yeah, yeah. Remove all hatch and neoprene covers, leaving hatches open to the air. Use a cockpit cover f- on the kayak. This is yet another way to keep animals safely out. If it has a float tank plug, remove it. Oh yeah. Yep. Clean and do maintenance first. Small repairs can save you a mountain of trouble when the holidays are over. <laughs> you should also give them a good wash and dry <laughs> because that way any th- lakes you've been to, if you happen to have any of those invasive species on exactly, there, it'll you can get rid them. of them before spring. So lots to do if you're getting ready. And the people that are down in the warmer climates are going, why do you guys put your boats away? <laughs> 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 you know, Santa Claus and stuff and... The polar bears send down the snow. Uh, speaking of invasive species, have you heard of whirling disease? I didn't until you sent me the show notes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is that? Because when I first, I was trying to read through it, it's like, what kind of plant is whirling? It's so I'm reading plant. along and then, then I finally realized what it was. Mm-hmm. Unprecedented move. Parks Canada has shut down all water bodies and shorelines in Yoho and Kootenai. I keep wanting to say Yoho. Yoho and Kootenai National <laughs> Parks after whirling disease, a deadly disease known to kill off fish populations, was detected. After discovering whirling disease in Yoho's Emerald Lake last month, Parks Canada officials say further sampling and preliminary test results found suspected cases of the disease in the Kicking Horse River, Wapta Lake, Finn Creek, Monarch Creek, and confluence of Emerald River and Kicking Horse River. And when it's getting into the rivers, like that's a lot of open Mm -hmm. rivers to lakes to lakes to lakes. As a result, Parks Canada has taken quick and decisive action to protect fish populations in Yoho and Kootenai National Parks, says uh, Justine Brisbane, Aquatic Invasive Species Regional Communications Officer. Put that on a business card. <laughs> uh, for the Mountain National Parks in a statement, all water bodies and shorelines in Yoho and Kootenai National Parks are closed until March 31st, 2024, effective Thursday, October 26, 2023. So it's just happened. So it's just happened, uh, and nothing is open until next spring. Mm-hmm. 
which they'll probably, I would assume, do more testing and, if need be, extend the closures. On September 20th, whirling disease was discovered in Emerald Lake, the first case in Yoho National Park, but also in all the province of British Columbia. Till then, whirling disease had only been contained to neighboring Banff National Park and Alberta provincial lands after its initial discovery in Canada in 2016 in Banff's Johnson Lake. I had never heard of it being in Banff. Yeah. And we were there during those times, paddling hmm. those those places. Oh, yeah, I'm starting to look into it now, this whirling disease. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't seem to be harmful to humans, which is no. good. No, well, that's the thing. It's to fish, not mm-hmm. to mammals. A PCR test confirmed the disease in non-native brook trout in Emerald Lake, about 11 kilometers northwest of Field. At that time, Parks Canada quickly shut down Emerald Lake to fishing, swimming, paddling, and boating on the weekend to prevent further spread of the disease, although designated trails around the lake remain open. Aquatic invasive species pose a significant threat to the health of national parks and vital aquatic ecosystems. If you kill off all the fish, you take, if you take one thing totally out of the food chain, yeah. collapse. Oh, yeah? Right? These species disrupt the irreversible damage aquatic ecosystems, affecting vulnerable species at risk, and they can also spread downstream beyond park boundaries through interconnected river systems. So, yeah, if you take if you got a, a lake there, mm-hmm. and you know you got the top predator down to the very smallest little guy, if you take one of those big things like all the fish, yeah, out. You're eating cheese balls again. I am. They're crunchy. I can they hear pair them. well with the scotch you gave me. <laughs> right? Belveni, Doublewood, and Costco cheese balls. <laughs> we're, we're so classy. <laughs> High class. But if you're taking all the fish out of Emerald Lake, yeah. you know, and you have loons and, say, eagles yeah, yeah, yeah. and osprey, relying all on those, those fish. fish fry and, this, and stuff, though, all those, yeah. And it's all gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then other things, because the fish who also are are predators of the things smaller than them, yeah. then all that can grow and algaes can grow and it totally changes it. Hmm. Totally, totally damages it. Uh, named for the circular swimming patterns of infected fish, whirling disease can affect, affect several fish species, including bull trout and west slope cutthroat trout, as well as rainbow trout, mountain whitefish, brown and brook trout. The disease is not spread directly between fish, but a parasite is spread through contact between fish and a freshwater worm. Hmm. The first thing I, I saw when I was reading was worms. I use worms for fishing. Does that mean <laughs> I got to stop? No, it's not totally different. Different kind of worm. Once the parasites have invaded the cartilage of the fish, it can result in deformities in the jaws, head, gill covers, and body. Also cause the tails of infected fish to turn black. It can also impair the nervous tissue, resulting in the characteristic whirling swimming behavior. Hmm. This is all from, yeah, one little invasive species. So it apparently came to the States in like the 50s. Yeah. From Europe. It it originated in Europe, came to the States in in the 50s. It's now in 23 different states. Now it's in Canada. Huh. Uh, in 1958, when it was in the States, it became major concern in the 90s when losses of up to 90% of the wild rainbow trout in several streams in Colorado and Montana were attributed to whirling disease. Well, that's a huge... 90%. That's collapse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that reminds me too, is uh last couple of years, you know, the uh, Alaskan snow crab? Mm-hmm. So apparently that population has collapsed by 90%. And so the season's been closed. There, There's no snow crab being harvested right now is because it, they say it was due to higher temperatures in the oceans. Mm-hmm. The snow crab, because in warmer temperatures, they need that they need eat that much more to stay alive. But if it's cold, they don't eat as much. So they've been eating themselves out of house and home because the uh, the, the warmer temperatures in the ocean. Hmm. Yeah. One little thing changes. I know, right? There we go. Uh, according to the closure notices for Yoho and Kootenai National Parks, 
All in-water and shoreline activities are prohibited, and it is against the law to approach a river, creek, or lake to within three meters. So not even fishing. Not No boating, no fishing. Nope. No swimming. Nope. Banned shoreline activities include but are not limited to hiking, walking, and cycling. Prohibited water activities include but are not limited to fishing, swimming, diving, wading, and the use of any watercraft such as a boat, paddleboard, raft, or any other vessel. The following exceptions apply. Crossing a lake or river on approved trails, bridges, or fords. Collecting treatable water for the purposes of drinking and crossing a frozen water body or shoreline. Okay, so you can still drink the water. Yeah. Yeah, because they're saying... I misunderstood that at first when you read it. It's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I need to drink water. Yeah. But yeah, so... So you can you can drink water. You can cross a lake if there's a bridge or yeah. something like that, um, and or if it's frozen. Yeah, but you're not even allowed to, not even allowed to approach the water three meters away. So you can go down to the water as long as you mm-hmm. stay three meters away from it. Hmm. I wonder if that'll help recover the lakes and streams because the the, the parasites are already there in the water. Yeah, that's a concern. It's there, right? Hmm. Um, so yeah, invasive species. Uh, I mean, we saw the, the, the invasive species, um, pump station there, a uh, washing station. Yes. At, yes. When I don't we know, came out, yeah, out of Opiongo Lake. Opiongo. Yeah. yeah. And there's the whole, if you are coming across to, uh, Alberta, BC to go paddling oh, your boat yeah. can't be in the water for so long, like yeah. a month or something like that, uh-huh. which means if you're paddling at spots like we did. Yeah. You can no you longer do that. do that. You can't paddle in Ontario and then a couple of days paddle later paddle in Manitoba, Manitoba and, then, and a couple of yeah. days later paddle in Saskatchewan. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. That sucks beans. But it's scary the way we're going too. It's like, yeah. this is insane. Yeah. Well, that's is what it is, man. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. Um, other than that. Hmm. So what do we talk? We got uh, my trip, your gear, gear junkie, pumpkin updates, getting ready for winter with your thing, and whirling disease. Good topics, right? Hmm. A few weird things in there. And and we had a nice pairing of scotch and cheese balls. Yes, Belveni Doublewood, twelve year old scotch pairs nicely <laughs> with cheese balls. <laughs> It was a pairing recommendation on the bottle. That's <laughs> on the bottle. Pairs nicely with cheese balls and corn chips. <laughs> While watching flag football yes, on TV. Yes. Competitive tag. Yeah. They do that, eh? Yeah, I've, I've on seen TV. It. Yeah. On, like, yeah, yeah. We, we, we watched that when we were in uh, uh, Waterloo the one time for the canoe symposium. Yeah. We were at the bar. I've seen some videos. Of those guys are crazy. They have all these scaffolding built, and they have to jump through the scaffolding or over the scaffolding and run and tag each other. It's like, who came up with this? But there's yeah. so many different sports out there. It's just like, I don't know. What was the new white? What was the new whitewater one? Where you go through gates. You talked about it. Oh, uh, no, it's a change to the whitewater race. You're not doing it one person at a time. It's like oh, it's team. All four of you go competing together. And you all have to do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And you you don't know. And one has to be, a, you have to roll, at least one roll. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you don't know somebody you're with. Are yeah. they going to zig or are they going to zag? <laughs> Full contact kayaking. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta. Uh, it reminds me. I gotta watch, watch that uh, Schwarzenegger Running Man movie again. Well, that's old, man. <laughs> I know, wow. but well, that's where we're going. Uh, yeah, Death Race two thousand. <laughs> Death Race two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and um, that is all I have got. That's all I have as well. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try to get out for a couple more paddles at least. Well, uh, I'm definitely going to out. I'm out on, well, I can't say definitely. I'm 99.9% sure I'm going. My vacation's not approved yet. But uh, I'm supposed to go with the boys. <laughs> I feel cold coming on. <laughs> I've already applied for the vacation. You can't do that. And I've never done that. I've never, I never got called in sick to go do something. It's like, nope, if I'm sick, I'm sick. Anyways, uh, that's coming up soon. So Thanksgiving weekend, we're off to the races. And I have some plans, but I don't want to talk about a recording either. Okay. I've got this idea I want to share with you offline. Uh-oh. Oh, this is not <laughs> No, no, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. 
this does not bode well. <laughs> we'll find out. If this comes back after the, yeah. the, <laughs> the credits, it's because I've gone on and, and recorded while you left. I need to record left. more. I got to tell you guys what he just told me. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm back for a second. Part Derek's for, driving home. Derek's driving home. I've got and to tell I'm you just a story. shaking my head. <laughs> Uh, well, that's all I got this week. So, uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Just Google Paddling Adventures Radio and billions of podcast sites. <laughs> Uh, or you can just go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and you can stream or download all our episodes there. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>